You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell asks his radio audience, what will it be, TV or living life in 3D? To live life in 3D means to dream, design, and do. Linnell also explores why some of us are afraid to make a commitment to success. Let's join the conversation. And so the topic in question tonight, or the topic in questions are, what will it be, TV or living life in 3D? And at the bottom of the hour, I'll get into what living life in 3D really is. But, you know, that's the question. What will it be, TV, yes, television, or living life in 3D? And then I want to ask the question, are you afraid to make a commitment to success? I mean, because when you think about commitments, a commitment is something that you say, I am in. I'm in and I'm going to do this no matter what, right? That's typically the idea when two people get married. They're committed to each other no matter what. We're sticking together. We're going to stick this out. You know, according to the stats, it doesn't necessarily go like that often, you know, (laughs) but that's the idea. I would almost think that uh, some of us, the stats for sticking to your commitment to be successful is far worse, far worse than uh, the stats on marriage. And so I want to talk about that this evening. And so, again, the questions for this evening are as follows. What will it be? TV or living life in 3D? And then, you know, some of you guys are like, I don't watch TV. So, uh, you know, he ain't talking to me. Well, how about this question? Are you afraid to make a commitment to success? All right. So if, you know, TV's not your Achilles heel, what is And uh, if you are afraid to make that commitment, then what's in your way? You know, what's in your way? For those of you who like to read ahead a little bit and you check the blog out on a regular basis, you can do so and get a little head start on what I'm going to chat about tonight because, you know, I base it loosely on the blog. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the blog, the blog is www.inspirationalperspective.com. But the titles of, you know, what I'll be sharing is, Is Reality TV Stealing Your Reality? So that's one post. Another one is living life in 3D. And then the last one is based on the question I'm asking. Are you afraid to commit to success? So that is what we will be up to this evening. And then as always, you know, be sure to go out to the blog, inspirationalperspective.com and snoop around a bit. There's always uh, some some inspiration uh, waiting for you there. All right. So I want to start first. Just, you know, having this conversation about television. When I was in high school, MTV introduced their reality television hit show, The Real World. I'm guessing some of you guys can remember. I remember when it first came out. If I'm not mistaken, the very first one was Real World New York. And, you know, since then, they've had 29 seasons. All right. So they've you know, they did something right to catch our attentions. 
and uh, they've had 29 seasons. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think the last one was in Portland. So they're running out of cities. <laughs> you know, you're doing a real world in Portland. You know, obviously, it's not the city that's the draw anymore. It's definitely the cast. And so, you know, 29 seasons, successful franchise that's still strong and vibrant. And the success of shows like The Real World have led to the introduction of a number of other reality television shows that I would say shroud themselves in this elusive term, real, right? They all have real. Like, for instance, I remember the show The Real Chance of Love, right? As if there was anything real about the chance of love on that show, okay? Or The Real Wedding Crashers, you know, so I guess these guys are it. You know, nobody else can really crash a wedding. And yeah, I'm being cynical and facetious, but, you know, you get where I'm going. Or another one, The Real Gilligan's Island. That's weird because I never thought Gilligan's Island was for real. So, (laughs) oh, but that's a reality television show. And then the last one really gets me right. The Real Housewives. The Real Housewives. And, uh, you know, most of these women don't really seem like housewives to me, right? I grew up with a mom in the house who was a homemaker. To me, that was the real housewife because that's where her concerns were. And, you know, these real housewives of L.A., Atlanta, wherever they may be from, it seems like they're doing a lot less being a wife than it is putting on the show. So anyway, you guys get where I'm going, right? And it's interesting because this term real just gets tossed around. I mean, of all the government regulations we have, there is no regulation on that word because otherwise these shows wouldn't be possible. And it seems we need a consistent standard of what real means because, you know, I think we could be getting confused now by some of what we see because year after year, we are slowly being swallowed by an onslaught of seductive entertainment using the guise of real to lure us in. And I said the guys because they wouldn't use the term real or reality television if it didn't have a seductive ring to it, okay? There's something about us as humans that, you know, real or the words natural, those type of things, they feel good in the ear. And it's funny how many of us will ridicule and judge someone who's escaped their reality by abusing alcohol or illicit drugs, yet some of us are guilty of the exact same thing. It's just our drug of choice to skip out on reality requires a couch, cable box, and remote control. Now, I put this on Facebook earlier this week, and it got a lot of uh, conversation, a whole lot of conversation. And You know, I stand by it. I mean, some people disagreed, others didn't. But, and so I want to provide some more context around that, right? Because, you know, somebody said, really, Linnell, since when did abusing alcohol and using illicit drugs, you know, match up with, you know, um, TV? And, And here's the deal. Anything that's not done in the moderation, all right? So if you're watching hours upon hours and in a little bit in the show, I'm going to get into some stats. But if you're watching hours upon hours of this stuff, that's toxic. And I opened the show talking about toxic. It's toxic. It's going to have an effect on your psyche. But not only that, you're not going to be able to get anything else done. And so you're not going to be as good as you could be on any other thing that is your responsibility, 
And I'm just going to leave it wide open like that, okay? And so the same negative impact that in overindulging in alcohol or drugs can have, ultimately, you know, uh, sitting in front of your television day in and day out can have that same impact. And in some ways on your body, on your joints, on your weight, on your health. So, yeah, I stick by it. I stick by it. But, and that's a little more context for those of you who disagree. Now, I got to ask, since when did the idea of good living become watching other people's reality television shows rather than living a life worthy of being cast for your own show? I mean, we should be out here living exciting lives. But somehow, I mean, they've captivated us. And so instead of getting out and living, we're watching. And please tell me, I'll listen, because the question is, is real. Like, since when did the idea of good living become watching other people's reality or cast or scripted reality rather than trying to live a life that's worthy of being cast for a show? I mean, I'd like to know, because... The real question, (laughs) and real in quotes, right, (laughs) if you catch my drift, the real question is, are you truly in touch with your reality? Like, really in touch with your reality? Like, what's going on, your current situation? Now, I know some of you guys are, okay? And I'm painting a, a, you know, I'm, I'm using a broad brush, but bear with me. But are you truly in touch with your reality? And the funny thing is the people who should be listening right now are probably watching reality television. <laughs> that's, the, that's the ironic part about having this conversation. But what would change if you had your own reality television show? Now, that's a good question for all of us, whether you watch or not. What would change about your behavior if you had your own reality television show? Would you be just a little more industrious, you know, would you uh, dress differently? Would you, you know, would you decide that, you know, I probably should tuck my shirt in and, and lace my shoes up, look a little more presentable if there was a camera always following you around? Probably. Probably. So what, what makes it so that we feel like we don't have to cast our best image for ourselves? Hmm. You know, that's a whole nother topic on self-love. But I mean, what makes us feel like, you know, okay, uh, we're always off. Yeah, I'm always off. Or, you know, I pick and choose when I want to be off. Because being committed to your success doesn't work like that. And you'll be surprised where you can catch a break. And sometimes that break could just be in the corner Walgreens while you were trying to run out real quick. And, you know, hey, I know that you know, real life happens, but just something for us to think about. What would you change if you had your own reality television show? And, you know, isn't it ironic that on most reality shows, you never see the cast spending their evenings on the couch watching someone else's scripted reality? Huh? I mean, these people never watch television, according to the show. And typically, you know, outside of the few shows that, you know, really cast a light on somebody whose life is just a train wreck, right? I mean, that unfortunate circumstance. But on most of these shows, they're trying to cast it as if they're really successful. 
And so it's interesting that really successful people, at least on television, rarely sit down and watch TV. Hmm. All right. Now, you guys know I've gotten on my soapbox before about television. And again, like I said, all things in moderation. But after seeing the stats for, you know, what's going on in America right now when it comes to television, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't sit and not say something. So check out these statistics on how Americans are spending their time because it's alarming. So check this out. Americans spend one third of their free time, one third of their free time watching television. Okay, that's the Americans. So anybody out there who's saying, all right, you know, why is he talking about this? Well, because of the, you know, American, North American population, uh, there's a lot of folks spending their free time, free time watching television. And, you know, at the bottom of the hour, I'm going to switch to living life in 3D and really talk about how people who are successful use their free time. But one third. And then check this out. So one third of Americans, I'm sorry, Americans spend one third of their free time watching television. And of that, 67% of what is being watched are reality television shows. Yikes. <laughs> so it's not like they're watching Animal Planet or, uh, you know, the History Channel or Discovery. You know, 67%, almost 70% are watching reality shows. Wow. And then reality television episodes have increased to 57% of all television shows. So over half of all television shows are now reality. I mean, this is, this is where things are going. This is where things are going. That's a lot of TV. That is a lot of TV. It's interesting. You know, this evening, finished up preparing my notes for the show and just, you know, had a free moment, had dinner, NBA All-Star, uh, you know, weekend, and so I was trying to get to that channel. And, you know, because I was talking about this tonight, I was trying to count how many times I had to press the button. And this is through the guide, right? So the guide, you know, page up. I'm basically paging up. And so I had to go from channel, the channels in the 600s to the 200s to get to TNT. Four, I had to go through 400 channels <laughs> to get to where I wanted to be. Like, is that... I mean, do we see what's happening? I mean, 400 channels, all of those channels have some type of programming. That programming has some type of advertising. That's a lot of watching. And they know one person, me, one person, I can only take up one channel. But there are so many people watching that, you know, we can keep these channels alive. Ah, Wow. All right, so if you feel like I'm, I'm spending too much time on this, I think I just justified it, okay? Anyway, you know, so that's a lot of TV. And more troubling than that, we're not just watching, you know, quote, real, unquote, TV. We're watching scripted and fake accounts of a producer's ideal of what life should or shouldn't be. And so this makes it easy to believe that anyone that's watching a, a lot of reality television show, television shows could struggle with insecurity. Now, where did I get that from? Well, you know, one of the studies I read is that they've actually linked reality television to insecurities in teenage girls. OK, so a lot of teenage girls are having image issues because of what they see on reality TV. 
But, you know, it's funny to me that they go after the female, okay? Because I remember when I was a young man, a teenager, that's also a delicate time when you're trying to find your identity, a time when you're doing a lot of comparisons, a time when you're trying to fit in. And so, you know, while, you know, the report went after young ladies, I would wonder whether or not it's impacting all of us, all of us. So not just the young girls, not just the young men, but all of us who spend a significant amount of time watching this stuff. And it's not something that we can actually tangibly do or recreate in our own lives. And if we are doing or recreating it in our own lives, more than likely, we're not measuring it up to reality TV because we don't have time to watch. So it's funny, uh, Steve Furtick, he called this out when he has a quote. The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel, unquote. Hmm. And, you know, Steve is uh, an author and he uh, is a young gentleman who started a church in North Carolina. But anyway, of the things that he said, that, that one stuck out for me. And so this is what I'll say. You know, life is a precious personal gift. Why would you spend your moments like these precious moments in life encapsulated in someone else's story? I mean, why is it that? For some of us, there's a draw, you know, like on a certain night or a certain time, there's a draw and you have to be there. You know, something for us to think about, you know, this is my belief. You know, we have to create our own vibrant and fascinating reality as human beings. You know, we don't need anyone else to do it. And nor should we spend a whole lot of our time looking at anybody else's life. Spend time investigating and understanding your own story. Bradley Whitford had this to say, infuse your life with action. Don't wait for it to happen. Make it happen. Make your own future. Make your own hope. Make your own love. And Bradley Whitford actually happens to be a Hollywood actor. How about that? You know, funny that, you know, these individuals kind of know the secret of how to get these things done. And so today, start living your life like there's a camera in the room and that it's on you and that you are shooting your own reality television show. And the interactions that you have think that way. When you go to work, think that way. And everything that you do, think that way. And who knows? You know, maybe it'll happen for you. Be your own icon. Be your own star. Be your own brand. And make your life and your purpose the priority. And maybe, just maybe, one day, millions will be watching you. And maybe they'll be watching something inspirational. You know, embrace your reality and live your life in 3D. Now, this whole 3D concept, you know, what does that mean, live your life in 3D? Well, I want to share that. But first, you know, I I do want to make sure that I ground you guys in the questions that I opened the show up with. And that is, are you afraid to make a commitment to success? And then secondly, if so, then what's getting in the way? And then what's keeping you from living your life in 3D? So, Linnell, what do you mean by living your life in 3D? Well, you know, let me kind of just run through this in a detailed way as I do. Okay, so there are 24 hours in a day. 
right? And then one-third of this time, you know, typically should be spent or reserved for sleep, which means there's another 16 hours left for conscious activity, all right? So during a weekday, 8 to 10 of our conscious hours are spent working, okay? Whether you're an entrepreneur or you work for someone else, uh, you have to be industrious to create some type of a system by which you earn money, right? Unless you're blessed to have lots of passive and residual income, okay? And depending upon where you live in relation to where you work, you could take out another hour or so if it's dedicated to commuting. So subtract work and your commute from your waking hours, add in breakfast, add in dinner, and all the time it takes to go through personal hygiene, right? Shower, get dressed, undressed, And once you do all that, there's about three to four hours left in any given weekday. All right. Now, if you have children, I would say you might want to deduct a couple of more hours. So that really leaves you with two hours to yourself. And I'm sure somebody's out there shaking their head like, yep, that's about right. At the end of the day, all I have is about an hour and a half to two hours of free time. Okay. now check this out. An article I wrote a few years ago, I titled it Success Versus Mediocrity. And I shared the following information in this article. And if you're interested in the article, you can find it on the blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. But what I said is it has been noted that the measurable difference between a man or woman of achievement and success in contrast to a man or woman of mediocrity is only 2%. That's it. 2%. 2%, not 50%. You know, it's not like people have a leg up on you. And, you know, as a parent, you only have an hour and a half left of free time or two hours left. And so there's just no way you can be successful. There's no way you can create the life you're looking for. Because the difference between a man or woman of achievement and success, in contrast to a man or woman of mediocrity, is only 2%. All right. So what, so what does this mean? Well, Due to that reality, I have no doubt that success has everything to do with the attitude we choose we choose throughout our days. But more importantly, I believe success hinges upon how we choose to spend the little bit of free time we get each day. So how do we spend that free time? And early you heard early in the show, you heard me say, you know, Americans spend one third of their free time watching television. All right. So one of the complaints I hear often, all too often, is, Linnell, I just don't have enough time. I just don't have enough time. And my answer to the statement is always, you have enough time. You just have to change how you use the time you have. One hour television every evening doesn't seem like a lot until you sum it up as 20 to 50 percent of your valuable free time. All right. One third of Americans, that's how that's how they're spending it. So I know I'm not off base here. I mean, if I say 25 percent, that throws you in underneath the average. Okay. Furthermore, all it takes is an hour and evening to do different, to do something different, to do something that will differentiate you so you could be part of the income earners that are in the top 10, top 25 percent of the world. Do different. That's another blog I wrote. All right. An hour every day used 
this way consistently will begin breaking the mold of mediocrity and starting your life towards living in 3D. And this is, you know, real quick before I go into living in 3D. You know, so I, I listened to Earl Nightingale, I mean, a lot some years ago. And um, I'm actually starting to listen to him again because, you know, how you remember stuff. You're like, oh, man, I forgot he said this. And so I, I have him in the car. But one of the things I remember him saying is that any individual that wanted to become an expert in something, all they have to do is dedicate an hour of their time every day to that craft. And within five years, they will be one of the foremost renowned experts in that field, period. So, you know, when you think about it, five years, I know a lot of us have this whole idea of instant gratification, but you can shift and change your trajectory if you're consistent enough, if you're committed to success. All right. So let's get into, you know, so what is living your life in 3D? Living your life in 3D is all about taking the time to dream, design, and do. And those are the three Ds. If you want to live a three-dimensional life, you must dream, and then you must design. That means write it down, create the plan, and then you have to go and do it. Take some action. These three Ds are ingredients to achieving your greater purpose, period. And anybody we've seen accomplish something is living life by 3D or they were living life by 3D and that's how they got there. Now, here's the deal. I know it's not easy. Okay, some of y'all, you know, you feel like you don't even have time to dream. Like I can't even get the first D out. Okay, now some of us are really good at dreaming. Right. We can look out the window and dream of driving a car we see swinging by or uh, we can dream of everything else. But when it comes to design, like we're not going to write it down. We're not going to write down that that's the car I would like, and here is my plan to go get the car. So we do a poor job of designing. And then we have others that can dream and design. I mean, they're real good at it. Dream, design, write it all down, fold it up, put it in a drawer, and never, ever do it. Never, ever do it, okay? And so you have to do all three. And I know it's not easy because if it were easy, then many more of us would be living the lives of our dreams. I mean, if it was easy, then you wouldn't have 1% that was sitting as the richest in all the world. It's not easy, okay? The fact remains that somewhere between our reality and our dream sits this thing called life. And life leaves us pretty exhausted at the end of the day. I get it. I'm human too, all right? And I work hard too. But with just a few hours of leisure, you know, life leaves us with just a few hours of leisure. If that, I talked about that earlier, before this whole cycle replicates itself into another day. And so I know some of you right now are like, yep, that's exactly what I experience. I wake up really early and then I go to bed really late. And in between all of that, the little bit of free time I have, you know what? I want to enjoy myself. I want to sit down. I want to relax. Well, guess what? If that's the choice you make, then you'll always get that hour or so to relax every day for the rest of your life because that's how you stay in the cycle. All right, so you, if you want to get out the cycle, then you got to make a different decision and push and push through. And I know the cycle is hard to change, and the only way to change the cycle is to change your inputs. Change your inputs so that you can begin producing new outputs. I'm actually working on a speech. that The title of it is, Want Success? Upload it. Want success? Upload it. What am I talking about? You got to change your inputs. You want to be motivated to spend that hour uh, doing something fresh and different. 
maybe going through the dream design and do phase, well, what's going to inspire you? What's going to motivate you past your tiredness? The inputs. You know, you got to have some inputs. I've mentioned on shows before that, I, you know, I have a motivational playlist. I get tired sometimes. I don't want to necessarily sit down and write a blog. Man, this past Sunday, by the time I, I got done, I'm mentoring other coaches now. By the time I got done spending 12-hour days on Saturday and Sunday, I didn't want to write the blog. I mean, it would have been really nice to just go home and relax. But that's not what I'm up to, right? I've made some commitments. I'm committed to this thing. And so because of that, I have to figure out how to inspire myself. What are my motivational factors? I mean, if you look at my playlist, I got all kinds of stuff. The morning playlist, the motivational playlist. I even have street inspiration, all right? All the hip-hop songs out there where they're saying, get it, get up, get yours, okay? Hey, if you know, all right, then if the regular melodious motivation isn't working, then let's put some street inspiration on. Whatever it takes, I need to get something done, okay? All right, so with that in mind, I have a few ways for you to slip new inputs into your already hectic days, all right? So if you have notes or you're writing this down, you definitely want to write this down. If not, this will be on the blog. But first, all right, hey, get showered and dressed to the most uplifting inspirational music you have on your iPod. Create a playlist. Inspirational, uplifting music, okay? Music is powerful, and that's why you want to be careful what you listen to. Again, hey, whatever you upload, whatever input, you put in, it's going to be an output. All right. For every action, there's a reaction. You have to control these things, control what you put in front of your eyes, control what you put in your ears, because it will have an impact on you, an impact on your mood, an impact on how you feel. And you can be the master of that by being careful what the inputs are. I'm just saying. And here's another one. Instead of listening to the news, which only perpetuates the past and only perpetuates the present, instead of listening to that on your morning commute, listen to that self-development improvement book that you don't have time to read. Uh, listen to it in audio while you drive. And now I know somebody's like, well, then how am I going to get my news? Oh, you'll get the news at the water cooler or at the coffee carafe as soon as you get to work. Whatever you miss, they're going to be talking about. And you know it. Get your news from them. Okay. Now, during lunch, Step away from everyone, maybe 10 minutes, and just dream. Dream about the life that you want. And I, so I'm saying it, daydream, okay? But dream about that life. And then, you know, write down the little dreams you have. If you don't have time to dream at home, create that time. On your commute home, listen to your favorite tunes or chat with an old friend, all right? But, you know, do something that's not going to have you riled up and just tired and exhausted by the time you get out of traffic. You can recreate the energy in your space in that car, period. You know, all too often, a lot of us are at effect at everything that's going on around us instead of being at cause and creating the space we want to have. Yeah, the reality of the matter is there is a lot of traffic. You, we live in Chicago, but you can recreate your space and make it exactly what you want it to be. So let that re-energize you so your family gets a better you when you show up and you're not worried about all the crises uh, over in the Middle East. All right. Before bed, reflect on that dream you had at lunch. Maybe you should put the dream on paper or you're going to be at choice. Should I put the dream on paper or should I watch television? And you will be at choice. 
I'm going to tell you this. If you put it on paper, well, that's the beginning of design. And you're on your way to living life in 3D. But if you watch television, ah, well, so much for that dream. Uh, That one just kind of dissipated and went up in smoke. And, you know, remember this. Time is dealt equally to each of us. No one is exempt from time's fleeting reality. You know, the president of the United States gets the same amount of time as any derelict wandering the streets of Washington, D.C. You know, we all get the same 24-hour days. It's what we do with that time that differentiates us. So choose to live your life in 3D. Dream, design, and then go do. And I can guarantee you the result will be a better you. All right, so let's wrap up the show. I got to answer that last question that I posed. Are you committed to success? So check this out, all right? About a month ago, I wrote a blog post titled Why New Year's Resolutions and Plans Fail. Some of you guys probably remember that. And in this post, I explained how unexpected resistance, and this is important, right? Because I just got done basically, you know, giving you all complete roadmap to how to switch things up. Okay, and so listen to this. This is important. So in this post, I explain how unexpected resistance is the catalyst that causes many of us to abandon our resolutions and plans. All right. We didn't expect it. It happened. And then we just get off the path. And a few Saturdays ago, I shared my thoughts about this post, just like I normally do on the air. And after the show, I was driving home. And I had an epiphany. And this happens. You know, I think about the show. I reflect on the show. And sometimes I'm like, ah, I should have said this. I should have said that. And uh, I realized that in explaining why our New Year's resolutions and plans fail, I left out a very integral component. And so I had to swing back around and make sure I hit this. Resistance is not the only reason we abandon our resolutions and goals. It's deeper than that. We quit because we are not committed. We are not committed. And we never ask ourselves when we create these plans and these goals, am I committed to this? Like we don't declare commitment around those goals. And commitment is the integral ingredient that fuels our ability to push through resistance and consistently persevere no matter what happens. Persistence cannot exist without the presence of a deep Rooted commitment, period. Think about anybody you know who's committed to something. There's a quality that comes with commitment, somewhat of a stubborn resolve around this is what I'm going to do. True commitment facilitates a dedication and devotion in the ideal or consequences of our plans. For example, we abandon our fitness goals because we haven't linked working out to the commitment for the long-term health of our body and mind. And so this week, I really want all of you to take some time to reflect on these two questions. One, to what are you truly committed? Like truly, truly committed. And then two, are your resolutions and goals linked 
to those commitments? Can you connect the dots? It's funny, we had a a coach fly in with this mentor program out of New York. This guy was awesome, man. And he was talking about how you have to connect the dots. I learned something. But anyway, have you connected the dots to your commitments? You have to have connected dots. Otherwise, what you're committed to, you're not going to be inspired to do, period. All right? And as humans, we are really good at sniffing out frauds. I've talked about this before. And we have ways of perceiving who's committed to something and who's not. Like, you know when somebody's for real. Hey, somebody's like, hey, man, I'm committed to playing ball and going to the NBA. No, you're not. Because every time I see you, you out too. And if you want to go to the NBA, you should be somewhere shooting layups and jump shots. I mean, are you committed? There's plenty of people who left millions of dollars on the table because they weren't committed. They had the talent. They had the size. They had the physical capabilities. They weren't committed. And so as humans... You know, we're good at sniffing out the frauds. You know when somebody's not committed. But unfortunately, we're real good at fooling ourselves and telling ourselves we're committed to something. So here's the deal. If you're having a hard time identifying what you're committed to, just ask your family and friends. They'll tell you. (laughs) They'll tell you what you're committed to and what you're not committed to. They'll be real honest with you. And here's the kicker. If your family and friends can't identify something that you're committed to, It might just be that you're not committed to anything. I mean, that's possible. Now, it's not okay, but it is possible. Now, to be fulfilled and live the best life possible, you must be committed to something. You have to be. I mean, that's how we're set up. That's how we're designed. So to what are you truly committed? And if you're not committed to anything, to what are you going to commit yourself You know, it's funny. We try to come out. Why are people depressed? Why they feel empty? Because they're unfulfilled because they have no commitments. I mean, it's more complex than that for some. But for others, that's what it is. You know, there's a quote by Peter Drucker. Unless a commitment is made, there are only promises and hopes, but no plans. And so you could write something down. You can create a goal. But if you're not committed to it, it's nothing. So this year, let's all be committed. Decide what you're going to do and then commit. Commit to that decision. And on the other side, I can guarantee you success. I can guarantee it Um, because that is what commitment does. You know, decide what you're going to do. Commit to that decision and what will follow is always success. This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text inspired to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.